Hello and welcome back to the Go For Two podcast and welcome back for our week seven review. I'm Liam, your host, and as always, I'm joined by my fellow, was it six and one now, is it? Or five and one? Six, six and, one. and one. My fellow six and one brethren, that is Patrick. Patrick, mate, how are you doing? Yeah, yeah, very good. Only two teams at six and one, but I do believe that the Niners most likely will join <laughs> us this evening. But, you know, it's three good teams. Yeah, true, yeah. Although, how this weekend goes, you never know. Uh, we could get like a Jordan Addison 200-yard game with how uh, how week seven's gone, because it was a very, uh, very, very crazy week, which we'll get into it. We're going to talk about the good, the bad, and the surprising, as always. Um, and then the hilariously named speed round that is now only one game long because of <laughs> how many teams are on by. But apparently there's like, I think there's no one on by next week or... Yeah, it's the full it's the full league playing yeah, next week. Yeah, so we'll definitely have a uh, bigger speed round next week to uh, to fill things out. Um, I'll do an update on the picks first because I need to because that is officially your worst week in the history of the podcast. You're joking? Was <laughs> it with three correct picks all weekend? So you oh had Jags plus two, Chiefs minus four and a half, Eagles minus two and a half, which I had all those as well. Um, but then all the others were wrong. <laughs> um, it was one of my it was my second worst week. I only got six. But oh my god, that is! A, I knew it was going to be a bad week as it was going on. <laughs> but we'll talk about each game individually. But uh, yeah, I had Ravens minus two and a half. You had Lions plus two and a half. I had Falcons plus two and a half. You had Bucks minus two and a half. Uh, I had Seahawks minus seven and a half. You had Cards plus seven and a half. So those are the differences. But we both lost on Bills. We both lost on Browns. Both lost on Raiders, Rams, Packers. Um, and we both have the 49ers tonight. So history is telling us from this week that uh, the Vikings will probably cover. <laughs> but uh, that puts scores on the doors at 53 points to me, 50 for you. Um, so you got the three-point deficit. But we, uh, we'll talk about the games. But yeah, not a great week. So we need to go back to the drawing board and, uh, for next week and uh, work out what we're going to do. Um, and then just a quick kind of announcement as well. We won't be recording a pod this week. The picks will probably go up on um, Instagram. Uh, sorry, on Twitter Wednesday, maybe, or Tuesday night. Um, so pretty early, just because uh, I'm on holiday. So when we haven't got a chance to record. So yeah, we're going to uh, just tweet the picks out so you can all laugh at us. Rather than us pretend we get 12 right, we'll be honest and put the picks out first so you guys can uh, <laughs> can judge our picks. But let's get into the review then, mate. Um, and I'll let you start wherever you want. Um, you go first. So good, bad, surprising? Which, no, I'm, I'm going to go uh, for surprising straight away. And that was the uh, incredibly weak effort by the Detroit Lions. Did expect, Obviously, I, I picked them. I, I did expect a really, really razor-close game. And that was the exact opposite of what we got, wasn't it? Um, it was a Lamar Jackson masterclass. That was his best game this season by a while. Best game I feel like he's played maybe since MVP season, to be honest. He diced up a really good defence. Well, maybe not really good, but pretty good defence who had been looking strong all year. But I mean, all round, mate, the Lions were beaten to every single ball every single play every 50 50 the tackling was bad for detroit yeah it was really on dan campbell and unlion like from this season yesterday's performance and i gotta say as well as it was hyped up for this game i thought sky made a great choice picking this game okay i actually don't watch the sky coverage but i was glad they picked this game for the full for, for everyone to kind of watch and who watches on sky but Oh, mate, the Lions, kind of what a letdown. What a letdown they were yesterday. Yeah. And I think if you look at some of the stats, you'll be like, oh, it's not a 38-6 game, which is what the score was. But second half, Ravens definitely, definitely put their foot off the pedal and kind of do what the Ravens do, ran the ball more than they would probably do if they weren't winning, just to kill some clock, really. Um, and the Lions obviously had a couple of fourth down attempts that they didn't get. I think they were two for six on that. So it just meant the Ravens could kind of hold the ball and uh, and waste time. And I think on the uh, time of possession, it was closer because the Lions were just having so many long drives where the Ravens were playing so deep. But when you watch the game, you could definitely see that second half was a lot of the time was, was Ravens wasting time in the first half. They were going up and down the field as quickly as they wanted. But second half, they were definitely wasting kind of the clock. Um, and they finished 503 yards to 337 yards. So it kind of tells a picture really about how good the Ravens' offense was. Um, Lamar finished with a really good stat line, really efficient, 21-27 for three, five, seven yards and, and three touchdowns, no picks. Tyler Huntley even came in for a cheeky attempt. Um, 
and they didn't run the ball great apart from Justice Hill, but it was just the fact that the passing game was just on a different level. And, and you're right, they were both the first and second quarter were 14-0, and it just felt, didn't it, that the game was just rolling out of hand. And I think, for me, the most surprising fact was that Ravens won both lines of scrimmage. And I wouldn't be shocked if you said they won that line of scrimmage on offense, because me and you have said that Lions are probably one pass rusher short. But to win that on defense as well against this Lions offensive line, I was very surprised. But yeah, they definitely controlled both lines of scrimmage, I think, which was the key. That plus Lamar just going into God mode for three quarters, I think those were the two keys to the to the win here for the Ravens. Yeah, absolutely. You're completely right. I mean, they were they were playing the clock from half time, basically, just trying to get out of here with with no uh, no injuries. To be honest, so yeah, you can't really take anything from that for Detroit in the second half performance, even though they moved the ball pretty well in the second half. Don't feel like that that really matters. So yeah, Ravens looking good. The Ravens are five and two. Gotta be what a mystery, mate, because two weeks ago they scored ten points against the Steelers. I, I don't <laughs> know whether the Steelers maybe we'll talk to them talk about them in a bit, but maybe perhaps they're a little bit better than I think they are, but uh, yeah, Ravens are a slight mystery, but sat five and two, sat in a great position with a, with a interesting next um, couple of weeks. They've got out of division games, they've got the Cardinals and Seahawks, so before they go back in the division. So yeah, interesting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, five five and two, probably should be six and one. I, I, I always struggle to say someone should be unbeaten because they have actually won a close game or two as well, so um, but yeah, six to six and one, five and two is probably a fair record for the Ravens. Lamar looks great, defense looks great. Um, as long as the pass catchers can improve, and I, I do think the run game. I know Justice Hill's stats look good, but one of that was one really long run. Um, I think if the run game being a bit more efficient and the pass catchers kind of lowering those drops, then they'll be really dangerous throughout the season. But yeah, this was a perfect performance. Any worries from a Lions perspective? I was in a group chat yesterday, people saying, oh, I knew the Lions weren't a very good team, like frauds. And I was thinking, eh. the Chiefs lost 27-3 to the Titans. Do you know what I mean? One year, the Bills lost 9-6 to the Urban Meyer Jags. Like, I think te- good teams still, I'm not saying they're the great team, but I think they're a very good team. And I just kind of count this as like a bad start. Lamar playing so much better, maybe seeing what a difference is between a quarterback that can kind of own a game on his own without scheme and then one that needs kind of everything ticking on the other end. I think for me, it was more that case. I'm, I'm not worried about the Lions long term after watching this, but no, do you have the same I, view or are you a bit more yeah, yeah, No, I completely agree with you because in, in the same way that you don't, when they come out and beat the Chiefs opening night, you're not going to say that they're shooing to win the Super Bowl because they've just yeah. been Super Bowl champions. So, uh, you know, it, it swings around, doesn't it? They've got a five and two record sat in a, overall top heavy nfc which is great at the top and not very good behind that so they'll be they'll be fine but we're absolutely where they are yeah they've got next five games of raiders at home Chargers away so back-to-back afc west which is actually um i know it's not i thought it was a sunday night football but it's not uh then they've got the bears at home packers at home saints away bears away broncos at home (laughs) so they should win a lot of games um it would not surprise me if they still end up with the top three record in the NFL just by schedule. But this does go to show if the offense doesn't tick early that the deep, you can score points on the defense. So people might start to to look at that and uh, we'll see. Um, we did mention the Steelers there. and uh, We mentioned them. <laughs> and I actually had them in the good section as someone who always slates them. So I thought, why not just transition to another AFC North team and go Steelers? Uh, they beat the Rams 24-17 to go 4-2. and two. <laughs> which is nuts. They are one game back from the Ravens, well, half a game back because of the the win over them, over the Ravens. Um, Kenny Pickett, did he have his best game in the season? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> George Pickens had his best game, five receptions for 107 yards. Uh, defense was pretty good as well. Matt Stafford had some good yardage, so did P- Puka Nakua. Um, run game, obviously, a bit all over the place of the Rams. Drive to drive, it was a different running back and that seemed to have different success. But, it was more just another call out as two people that we actually normally pick them quite a lot, but this year we've kind of been done with them. But we normally pick them a lot against the spread because of Tomlin. But yeah, they're still a very well coached team. I still think the offense is awful, but they, they just seem to stay in games. Special teams good. Kenny Pickett does well in hurry up offense, which often happens in the fourth quarter of games when they're not winning. Uh, and the defense really comes to play, in, especially in the second half of the game. So yeah, I want to put them in good just because they are four and two. If you look at their schedule. There's some winnable games there that their defense will be able to help with. 
Uh, and we could end up seeing another Tomlin seven seed going on the road to a good team in the playoffs. But even if we don't, it feels like we're going to see somewhere between seven, and nine wins. It just feels like that's bound to happen. And I just think that's remarkable of how bad the offense looks. So yeah, as an franchise good, but I'm still not winning to say the offense is good, but the rest is, is doing well. <laughs> yeah, I would say, I mean, 300 total yards on the day, getting out there on the road with a win is, is miraculous to be honest. The defense was really good. I mean, if you just flip over to what they kind of did against the Rams receivers, I mean, every Puka was eight for one five four. Yeah, that's great, but they kind of like shut the rest of the receiver. I mean, Cooper caught two for twenty nine. When do you ever see that? Higby was one catch, two to Atwell one catch. You know that was it. So I thought they did okay against the guys on the ground as well. I mean, Royce Freeman and Darrell Anderson. I mean, they're not going to kind of blow you away anyway. But I just thought that the Steelers did a great job on them. I mean, the offense, it is one of his, mate. 17 to 25 or 230, but Pickett didn't give anything away. He was careful in what he did. So they're never going to be an offensive juggernaut this season, are they? Because the run game also is. I mean, Warren just looks better than Najee Harris, which is which saddens me a lot, to be honest. But, um, <laughs> Najee Harris was screaming at linebackers yesterday, and then his next run was going for like minus two yards, and I did find that. <laughs> Absolutely hilarious to watch, I have to say. They kept showing, they showed it twice on Red Zone. I was just like, oh my God, this guy is is uh, struggling. Um, by the way, they are the fifth worst team in the NFL by points differential, the Steelers, with minus 24, and they are four and two. So yeah. Tomlin is being Tomlin as always, it feels like. <laughs> and I had him as coach of the year, which looked silly two weeks ago and looks mm, not so bad today, does it? It's... <laughs> <laughs> yes, that looks quite good, and so does one of your other uh, picks, which we'll talk about in a minute. But yeah, um, I still just think they could so many things they could do to tweak the offense a little bit this year, which means they could actually be a nine-win team. Um, but there are going to be so many games where the offense is an absolute disaster. But just looking at their schedule, they got Jags next, who aren't playing sound football with how many turnovers they're having, which is a very typical Tomlin team to go and beat a team that's struggling to. Uh, kind of not turn the ball over. And then they've got the Titans on a nice Thursday night football, um, which Titans-Steelers is an absolute disaster for Thursday night. But I will probably stay up and watch it just because I think there'll be about 80 first and second down runs that go for less than two yards, which will be quite fun. Um, but yeah, well done, Tomlin. That's all I'll say. Um, over to you, mate. Where do you want to go next? I think I've got to go for the game of the day. Um the most unlikely game of the season so far, 39-38, Browns over Colts, absolutely wild game. Miles Garrett like, might as well have had a Superman costume on, he was like stupid at the time when he was leaping to block the uh, field goal, it was ridiculous. I also saw it was the most lead changes in a game for the last four years, eight lead changes, and just... Absolutely insane, terrible pass interference call at the end. I don't know. That almost added to the game somehow. And um, we did say last week the Browns are going to have to find ways to win certain games when the defence doesn't dominate. Obviously, Garrett was absolutely incredible yesterday, but you, they got put 38 points up by Gardner Minshew and the, 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 the Colts team. So got out of there with a win, mate. With PJ Walker in there again, who was pretty inefficient yesterday, but somehow they squeaked out the win, which, you know, you don't always say that is a sign of a, a good team. I'm not ready to say the Browns are a good team, but when you can come in and win a wild game like this, yeah, I don't know. I'm quite up on the Browns at the moment. Yeah, this was a weird game, wasn't it, as well, of how good the defence is. I do think, you know, maybe coming down off that Niners game, Different quarterback, few mistakes early in the game kind of makes the defense look worse than it is. But they still gave up 38 points to Gardner Minshew, which is a bit of a disaster. But for the Browns to go and score 39 on the other end is just incredible. I did not see this game going this way. And I don't know if you've heard this on your pods, but with how the access works in America of local channels, apparently the CBS game, um, they were delaying going to Chiefs Chargers. So most people missed the first like two touchdowns and Chiefs Chargers because they were just not show the they were just showing the end of this game instead. So even if you lived in like Kansas City uh, or Midwest or anywhere, um, you had to watch this game instead of Chiefs Chargers, which I found like so funny that that was uh, people's uh, people's <laughs> issues. But uh, yeah, very good win. They also sit four and two, similar to the Steelers. Colts, I think three and four. 
Their season's better than I thought it was going to be. Jonathan Taylor, it's back to his old self. Um, Josh Downs was really good, which is what they need for next season. Um, but yeah, the Browns to go four and two is very impressive without their quarterback and their running back. Uh, and I guess it's probably a good point to mention and ask you what you thought of the the Sean Watson stuff. Obviously, two interceptions, looked like it was going to cost them the game. Gets hit, passes concussion protocol, but then doesn't come back in the game, watches the whole game from the sideline. Like, I know neither of us are fans of him, but what do you make about this particular situation after what you saw on Sunday? Yeah, I don't know whether they're just kind of playing it safe or kind of like ethical if he'd been if he'd been cleared. We did say last week, you know, all he has to do is not throw the game away, which has kind of looked like he was I mean, he only attempted five passes and one of them was picked off and another one was almost picked. But um yeah, it was a bit of a strange one, wasn't it? He's I don't know, mate, what's going to happen with Watson in the end. I mean, if the Browns can come in and kind of get what they can out of PJ Walker, I mean, what if I'm if I'm Cleveland, I'm perhaps thinking going out and um, getting a veteran backup. To be honest with you, this is a good team, especially on defense. So when they they can clear, they can dominate on the ground at times as well. I mean, Ford obviously stats are a little skewed because he broke a huge run, but. Um, yeah, I mean, why not go out and get yourself a little veteran quarterback if you, you know, PJ Walker yesterday, 15 or 32. He's, he's, you know, you, you're almost kind of throwing the throwing the game away. And Cleveland not really had teams like this with the schedule that they've got. They should be walking into the playoffs, to be honest, with this record and the schedule. So, yeah, it's a strange situation with Watson, but uh, I'd quite like to see him go out and get a veteran backup sort of thing. They got the Seahawks next week. I think that's quite a fun game, isn't it? That's in the well, because of the time clock times, it's eight o'clock window instead of nine o'clock window. Um, but yeah, at Seahawks next week, then at home to Cardinals, then on the road to the Ravens. It almost feels like not losing all three would be a success, and they should beat the Cardinals. Do you know what I mean? So if they could somehow win two of those three, like you said, that's in the position where they're getting towards like, oh, we could like walk into the playoffs. I would say that end of season. Texans on the road, Jets at home, Bengals on the road is pretty tough. But uh, similar to the Steelers, they could get to nine wins. And just, the fact they've got four already when you look at the teams on the list. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's all the kind of just don't throw it away on offense is basically what they've got to do, isn't it? Yes, yes, which they very nearly did <laughs> yesterday. Uh, another team that I'm going to put in my surprising category that I want to talk about now did throw the ball or fumbled the ball away on offense many times, but ended up somehow still winning their game. Uh, and that is the most confusing team in the NFL, probably, uh, the Atlanta Falcons, who somehow beat the Buccaneers 16-13, so they go top of their division. Um, but they had three fumbles, or really do that, three fumbles in the red zone. Um, I was listening to a podcast. It, they lost 16 points added from their fumbles where they were line-wise. So in theory... They should be scoring 32 points in an average NFL game from those positions, and they scored 16. But they did win. Really did throw for 215. He is starting to throw the ball deeper, but he is just making horrific mistakes. But my surprise, which I guess maybe isn't surprising because of who he is, I put Arthur Smith as my surprise. And I guess it's more, I'm not actually surprised. I'm more just shocked that he continues to do this. And it is just the use of some of these players in this team. Um, so Pitts had a little bit more, kind of three receptions for 47, but he ran less routes again than Johnny Smith in this game. Had to have like an incredible behind-the-back catch as well for an awful run of play. Um, Bijan Robinson was barely used, and then they kind of waited two hours before they announced that he was unwell. And then they put him back in the game, even though they said he was unwell. Um, and I just think it's just hilarious how they're going with this and how he can Riddick and fumble the ball three times. It's just like, we don't even put Heineke in on this game. And I know they won, but I just think Arthur Smith, how he's coaching them and with the tight end top 10 pick, the wide receiver top 10 pick, the running back top 10 pick, having a second round QB that you're not really invested to in the long, long term. Uh, I just find it funny how he's kind of running this teammate. I mean, I can't believe that they won. To be honest, it's got to be a bit of an indictment on really on the books, hasn't it? Who had a great start but has kind of fallen away because ah, that in the end zone, that <laughs> when he was kind of waltzing, and he, why are you taking your foot off your, the gas? I mean, it's like I don't know. He, he's not even played kind of like a full season of NFL games, and he's already trying to 
take his foot off the gas into the end zone and Antoine Winfield punched the ball out. And it, it, you could clearly see it actually the first time on the play, couldn't you? I was like, that is definitely not a touchdown. It wasn't even yeah. that close in the end. Agreed, yeah. As soon as I saw it, I was like, well, that's more one of my fantasy teams screwed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I don't know, mate. They, I'm not sure whether they are confusing. I don't think they're very good. Obviously, the division is kind of... Now it's now it's seven weeks in. Obviously, the division is not good, but they stand up. Somebody has to win and go to the playoffs, don't they? I mean, it's um, but yeah, Bijan. It was weird waiting all that time to say he was ill, and then then he pops up in the game and for a couple of touches, and yeah, very strange. Also, that thing did you see Drake London land on his head? That was absolutely insane, to be honest. That even. I didn't see that, you know, and then I saw a photo, a still image of it today when I was working. I haven't watched the replay yet, but it looks terrible from the still image. Yeah, absolutely awful. I mean, that was also nearly a fumble, to be honest. It was a fingertip blade, a touch of grass outside, although that would have been a fumble through the end zone as well. But, um, yeah, strange game, but you got got out of there with the win. But um, They win the division. I think they're going to win the division, mate, don't you? I, I think, I don't know whether they're going to get a winning record. I think it's going to be, um, yeah, I think the Bucks won it last year with a losing record, didn't they? I think we, they could, did, yeah. we could see that unless the Falcons can kind of clean up in the division a little bit more. But um, I don't like them to, to win a game. I, I am not looking forward to Falcons on the road at Tennessee this week. That could be, <laughs> that could be got- really ugly. They've got Titans and Vikings the next two games. Don't you just feel like those two games are just going to be all over the place and so many weird stuff's going to happen between those three teams? Cause yeah, absolutely. Never straightforward when the Titans, Falcons, all Vikings play, let alone when you put them in a little round robin over <laughs> two weeks in the middle of an NFL season. But yeah, uh, we'll see what happens. But um, you just got they've got to use these top-end picks better than they do. Or not just trade them, and then you've got assets to go find a quarterback. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean, Rid is Rid is definitely definitely not the answer. Even though he is, he's playing better as well week in week out, and then just making absolute game changing turnovers. <laughs> so uh, maybe he's the new Daniel Jones, but we'll see if he has one good season and gets overpaid. That's a story for a different podcast. Um, over to you, mate. Then we haven't gone uh, any bad yet, so I don't know if you want to start us off in that section. You want some negativity, do you? Let's <laughs> go. Uh, I don't know where to go. Maybe it'd be a quick game. I've got to go Josh McDaniels, mate, to be honest. <laughs> you you had him first out, didn't you? I did. You did. And I just think he's got lucky because they went into this week at 500. So there was a winning record for the, for the Raiders on the line. And I don't know whether that's kind of saving him at the moment. But, uh, I mean, what a disaster. To be honest with you, um, Hoyer was awful. The run game was awful. Even I mean, even Devonte Adams. I don't know. He looks like he's kind of going half speed. He is begging for a trade, even though the the report came out this week and he's not getting traded. So I don't, I don't know how he feels, to be honest. But uh, everything <laughs> about the Raiders' performance was awful. How can you get dominated by a Division Two quarterback starting his first? game in the NFL. He looked completely comfortable, by the way. He was made to look so comfortable yeah. in the game. You know, his stats aren't great, are they? But still, if you watch it with your eyes, he wasn't, he wasn't, he didn't look like he was panicking very often, did he? That's the difference. No, not at all, not at all. When, when he was kind of, any time he was flushed out of the pocket, he, he kind of beat the first man and then he, he was okay. He was scrambled a little few times and then he just kind of checked it down and obviously down to form and really helped him yesterday he was he was really good on the ground actually but uh, yeah I mean how can you get dominated by that by well Chicago have been terrible this season and got the backup QB in division two guy I don't know mate I don't know how he's going to keep this job to be honest and then he decided to throw in Aiden O'Connell during the second half when the game is over so it's kind of like either you want to develop your rookie and get beat or I mean, Hoyer's mid-30s. I did say last week, you know, if you think you're going to win, you've probably a better chance with Hoyer, but don't be realistic, mate. The Raiders aren't going to go anywhere, are they? It's, it's not good for them to be at 500, is it, for no. for the organisation? So, yeah, yeah, bad day all around for the Raiders. 
<laughs> yeah, bad day. Uh, I did have Josh first ho- ho- coach fired, so I do hope that that, uh, that comes true just for our predictions. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's a nightmare. Josh Jacobs as well. The line is not great, but yeah, 11 carries, 35 yards. He's had an awful season. Very up and down in his career as well. And I'm not sure how much of it is him, the offense, the line. It's probably all a little bit combined, but the run game is one of the worst I've watched. And they're three and four. They have actually won three games as well, which is crazy. Um, but yeah, I don't think Josh is, is long for the job if you keep keep losing games like this to, to these sort of teams. Um, I know the Bears won, so maybe not great for their drafts hopes, but they're probably quite nice. I did see one of their reporters put Tyler, uh, Tyson Badgen was the best QB or cap training camp, by the way. That's why they cut PJ Walker. And then he put dot, 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 yes, I'm including number one. And I was like, <laughs> oh, wow. So there's people saying that like they were asked not to report that he was the best QB in camp, apparently. Um, so yeah, let, let's watch this space for a bit more Bears drama throughout the season. Um, but I'll just add quickly: it was a good day for the Bears as well because every one team, one lost, sorry, one win team won to get to two wins. They have the Panthers pick, so now the Panthers are the only team with zero wins. So they are two games back, which means the Bears are two games up for winning the the, the, the number one pick in the draft. So pretty good weekend for the Bears as well. We get the defense looking quite good. Some of their corners looked good, and then you get. The, the Panthers pick, which looks nicer and nicer as uh, as time goes on. But yeah, um, I'll stay in the bad. And um, we've had the team who won this game in the bad, I think, every week nearly for this whole season. Um, so why not pick the team that they beat? Uh, and that is the Buffalo Bills in the bad section. They lose to the Patriots 29-25. Uh, Mac Jones, no picks, first time this season. 25 of 30 for his highest completion percentage in uh, 14 games. 272 yards, two TDs, a game-winning drive with less than two minutes to go, which he had a 40-yard screen to Ramondre. Uh, he had uh, two passes, I think, to um, Mike Gesicki on that drive, uh, and they end up winning the game. I thought when the Bills came back and scored in the fourth, they would have snuck it out, and I still would have put them in the bad section. But then they gave up another drive, like I said, and the Patriots win 29-25, mate. And uh, the Bills' defense without Milano just looks completely lost. Um, and the offense, I think, isn't to blame for this game, but there's just signs that there's still some weirdness. Josh Allen still makes five good plays and then two really bad ones rather than like six and one. It's very much now he's making a couple every every other drive. Um, Kincaid looked good. The other wide receivers look okay, but they're not getting involved enough. But for me, it's just how bad the defense looks against this Patriots offense. Yeah, mate. I mean, the the, the game-winning drive. I mean, great for Mike Jones, but uh, awful from the Bills. You just kind of look at that team, and you have to bring them down a tier, don't you? Start at four and three, kind of going going to New England, who have been awful, to be honest. Getting getting Bills three hundred winners and head coach uh, just not good at all i mean i was i went into fan mode a little bit when i saw kind of the bills in this game i'm thinking you know the eagles have got a gauntlet schedule that includes the bills which now i'm marking as an absolutely 100 percent win because there's no way that the bills are so kind of up and down but they're more on the down now like you say matt milano is the massive miss but i don't know mate the Nothing looks right, and I think nothing looks easy, does it, on offense for them? Which they've they, in the past that they have, past three years, they kind of make make drives look easy. But they, I feel like they only get one of those a game now, and everything else that Allen does does look a struggle, to be honest. And they're still not running the ball well, are they? They're not running the ball well, and it's very drive for drive, isn't it? They might have one where they do look okay, and you're like, okay, a bit of progress, and the next two are terrible. So they're very kind of up and down. In the run game, and even Josh Allen yesterday only had two and a half yards to carry. And I know some of that's because he was sneaking, but even his run game seems to be a bit diminished just because people are a little bit more aware of it, and they probably asked him to take a few less hits as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yes, yeah. Strange times in Buffalo. I'm not sure who the second best team in the AFC is. Is it Baltimore? Is it Baltimore? Yes, I think it is. Yeah, I, I think say. it might be. Yeah. I would say. Yeah. Um, I'd still probably have the Bills as the third though which is a bit risky um, but yeah we'll see they've got an interesting schedule coming up because they've got um, Buccaneers on Thursday night which is a very interesting game um, 
just because of the way the Bills have been playing, I know in theory, it'd be like, oh, easy win, but they just lost to the Patriots and nearly lost to the Giants. If they if they'd have called a PI like they should have, the Giants have had one more attempt to try and score. <laughs> so in theory, like Buccaneers game's easy, but the way the Buccaneers defense is playing, Anton Winterford Jr. looks incredible. They could cause Josh Allen some problems, but uh, we'll see. But then after that, they've got the Bengals, and then they've got an easy week after that. But they go Jets at home, Eagles on the road, Chiefs on the road, Cowboys at home, Chargers on the road. Then they end with Patriots, Dolphins, which is always a bit up and down with, with them. But um, yeah, they've got a tough schedule coming up. So it does feel like they probably need to win all the games that they're favoured for now. Do you know what I mean? Like. Every team will lose a game this season where they're not where they're favoured and they shouldn't. It's going to happen to, to to every good team, but they've lost a couple already now. So it feels like they're going to have to beat the Bucks. They're going to have to beat the Broncos. They're going to have to beat the Jets. They're going to have to beat the Cowboys. They're going to have to beat the Chargers. They're going to have to beat the Patriots, and then they're going to see where they are uh, that that last game against the Dolphins. But I think we're set up, mate, for a last game of the season. Winner winner of the game wins the divisions between the Dolphins and the Bills. I mean that'd be that'd be terrific, wouldn't it? It would be yeah, better than a, a, an AFC a NFC South version <laughs> of that. It was the best game of the week, so uh, I'd take Dolphins Bills definitely. Let's flex the NFC NFC South version of that to Thursday night <laughs> already in advance. I know they didn't do that normally on the last week, but let's just do it in true NFC South fashion. Um, but yeah, strange game for the Bills. I don't think it means much for the Patriots, although it did come out that um, Bill Belichick apparently signed a long-term contract extension in the summer yesterday, out of nowhere. Um, And I don't know much reporting on it yet, so we'll see where that goes. But that is very strange, and that seems to quieten the rumours of him potentially being him leaving. Uh, But I think he has 300 wins now as well, so yeah. And that was a hell of a win. I don't think it means much long-term, because I still think Matt Jones is terrible, but the defence was a lot better yesterday. Um, So yeah, we'll see. Um, Over to you, mate. Where are you going? You've got options of good or bad. Mm, we'll go. We'll go. Good. We'll cover uh, absolutely stunning jersey of the Eagles in Kelly Green. Yesterday was amazing. Great win against the Dolphins. Where Hurt still looked really shaky at times, but uh, both lines said last week in the preview. I think if the Eagles dominate from both lines and the time of possession then this this should be Miami. And that's exactly what happened, to be honest. Miami were completely dominated on the uh, the Eagles' defensive line, really, really pushed back. The Dolphins, too, was kind of, kind of throwing off his back foot a lot, which is not good, not where he wants to stand. So, I mean, the Dolphins only got 12 first downs um, all day and run 48 plays. So it was, uh, yeah, yeah, not a good day at the office for um, for Miami. I mean, they've played two good teams, have they? And got beat twice, quite handily. Because, I mean, the Eagles had the ball on the goal line at the end and obviously just ran the clock down. So this could have looked a lot uglier than than it actually was. But, um, yeah, good win for the Eagles. Got back on track there before kind of the gauntlet begins. I kind of wish we'd stop running hurts <laughs> as much as we do in terms of... Um, Third and goal from the nine, that's still a quarterback draw. That's very rarely going to result in anything but a field goal attempt after that. But uh, mm. AJ Brown, five games in a row over 125 yards. What can you say to that? It's one of the best trades I've literally ever seen in my whole time following the, <laughs> following the sport. So very pleased with that. By the way, we actually said he would score 125 yards in the preview if people go and listen we to it as well, which is crazy. Like, that's how confident we are. We did also say Tyree Kilwood, but let's avoid that. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to look at his stats now. Do you know, for the Eagles in his career, he's averaging 96 yards a game. Mental, <laughs> isn't it? Which is absolutely nuts. And that's only... Uh, where's the average? That's only... Okay, that's quite a lot. Oh, ignore me. I was going to say, that's only 16 and a half. Uh yeah, he's got a lot. He is getting targeted a lot. I thought he was getting targeted less than he is, but he's getting targeted a lot. Um, yeah, he's get, he does get a lot of targets. Yeah. Um, so yeah, what a what a player. Um, someone said he's top three in uh, top three of wide receiver in the NFL. Don't know about that, but he's top six easily. Um, and for his whole career, it's AJ Brown has 140 catches for 2,305 yards for the Eagles, and has also scored 14 touchdowns. In 24 games, so he averages a touchdown nearly 
well, it's, it's better than every other game, basically. Uh, he'll score two and three nearly, uh, and he'll get you 96 yards a pop. So, <laughs> pretty good. I thought Devontae Smith was quite good in the first half as well. I know he went a bit quiet in the second half, but I thought he was pretty good. He, was, he had some tough catches, you know, rather than wide open Devontae Smith catches. He was having some. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, some yeah. real tough stuff. Yeah, really pleasing, pleasing win overall. Uh, came back, obviously. I mean, the, the 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 pick six that the Dolphins got was one of the weirdest you kind of see all season. Just a little tip, and then he was kind of there, and he just kind of walked in the end zone. It, it's like tying the game up. It's like, oh my god, not this again. But um, <laughs> yeah, Eagle Eagles finished it off um, really, really well after that. Yeah, they got to fix the turnovers for sure um, from an Eagles perspective. Uh, and also, I think Hertz looks injured as well. I don't know what you think, but yeah, for sure. When he, he, was, when he ran, for sure hobbling. Yeah, when he r- runs like out, you know, to, like Holmes does, out of bounds. So he's like, okay, right, I can see the yards. I'll just run out of bounds. So he just run. He was limping a lot, and he actually got tackled before the um, before the end. He fumbled the ball, but the ball went out. Went out, and like he was hobbling there. And I was like, oh, I don't know what injury he's got, but yeah, you're right. They do need to stop running him because there was two times they ran him, and he just slid. I don't know if you noticed that. He like ran one yard, saw someone was like coming straight at him, and went, "Nah, like this isn't worth it. I'll just live another day and just uh, and take the hit. Well, not the hit, literally take the take the slide, so I don't get hit." Which I think mentally is great for him because last season he would have got nailed <laughs> and not done yeah, that. But exactly. it's worrying that he needs to do that, and you can tell that's because he hasn't got that that burst that he had last year. So we'll see. Maybe that's why some of his throws are a bit off as well. You know, if if, if his, his legs or his back or something, he can't quite step into it but yeah he needs to to uh sort the turnovers out and as a team i think that's just the the difference isn't it on offense some of those turnovers are killing you a little bit but overall yeah i, I thought you played really well and the score probably flat miami which is crazy it was the run game as well you managed to really stop the run game um and from a dolphins perspective they had a lot of offensive line injuries for this game i think that is going to be the worry for them if this keeps happening their their line is not great you, the only chance, the only play they had that was successful yesterday is when he drops back and immediately throws it to Tyreek Hill. Any other play, it felt like the Eagles had kind of uh, sniffed it out. But I'm not worried about them uh, long term. They're still top of the division, aren't they? They're a game. Uh, yeah, they're a game. Yeah, they're a game up on the Jets, ironically, rather than the as well as the Bills. So a game up on the yeah. oh, sorry, a game and a half on the Jets and a game up on the Bills. Uh, and they go Patriots at home, Chiefs on the road, Raiders then Jets. So. For them, they could easily win three, three or four of those games and be back in the mix. But yeah, Dolphins will be okay. Um, for the playoffs, they're going to need to beat some good teams, aren't they? To because uh, definitely for the Dolphins, for me, they're going to be looking at AFC Championship game. So they're going to need to beat some good teams on the on the schedule. But we all, for we all kind of believe in them, I think. Yeah, and shout out to the Tush Push getting the job done. Four from one from your own thirty. Mate, I'm telling you now, they could have run that from midfield and got to the goal line because Miami got that. That was a bit of a bullying, to be honest with you. It was, it was, and you are right. Going back to the original point, the uh, jerseys were uh, pretty sweet, which I thought were uh, which which were cool. Um, you were a little bit worried about the Eagles, and they come out and absolutely dominate this game. Sounds like you're uh, a lot less worried. Um, what is the hardest game for them coming up? So Cowboys at home, Chiefs on the road. Bills at home, 49ers at home, Cowboys on the road. That's all coming up after the Commanders game, which is the game where you're like, for this team and how they're playing, like you, you watch every game, so the way they're playing, which game is going to be a bit of a nightmare for them? Eagles-Niners, I think, to be honest, is definitely yeah. the biggest game on the schedule. Um, I agree. I, I, I would expect perhaps a, a, a loss in Kansas City, but for me, Eagles-Niners is, is, is the biggest game for in terms of the way that the Niners play as well on defence, but it's kind of strength on strength, really, and just uh, just the, the, the giveaways on, on offence. The, the Niners will definitely punish that. And that game could literally could decide home field advantage, which is obviously, I, I think, is so, so, so important. You can go on the road and win these games. Teams obviously do that, but uh, for me, it's so important. So, yeah, I'd I, I choose the Niners game, definitely. Yeah, you are right. I think the Cowboys on the road as well. That could be, um, I wouldn't say to sure up the division, but um, it, it could be up there as well, which would be quite interesting. But we'll see. It's a very good win. Um, why not stay on the Homer uh, the Homer picks for the podcast? Uh, <laughs> I had Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes 
as my last good for this section. Um, they combined for 28 straight completions, by the way, uh, now, dating back to week five of last season, which is a one in 3,000% chance of happening. <laughs> and they managed to do it. They did drop the next one. And then the three after that were then also completed. So uh, they started a new streak. But Mahomes finished 32 of 42 for 424 yards, four TDs, one interception. Uh, interception as well was hand got hit, which was really annoying because I think that was a deep touchdown as well. Um, Travis Kelsey finished 12 receptions for 13 targets for 179 yards, one touchdown. Uh, he had two of his best first halves ever in a row. So last week and then this week, he looks to be fully healthy. So yeah. I kind of wanted to call them out. Obviously, Chiefs beat the Chargers 31-17. Uh, very similar. Is that actually the same score as the Eagles game? Yeah, yeah same score. Yeah, Same score. Um, and it was similar where it probably was actually flattering. And like Chiefs probably should have scored more. They had two wide-open touchdowns missed. Two players ran into each other, which gave the, the Chargers a long, long touchdown for Joshua Kelly on the ground as well. That's probably a bit kind of out of nowhere. Uh, and the Chiefs were... Um, needing out at times in the third uh, the only worry for the Chiefs were Chargers aren't very good at stopping the run and the Chiefs could not get anything going and that's why the second half was so bad because they kept trying to run it um, on first down in the second half and getting behind the sticks and they seem to start every drive from the five yard line as well in this game the Chiefs um, but yeah they win 31-17 6-1 AFC West pretty much won and uh, yeah and what are your thoughts on the uh, Kelsey Mahomes duo yeah, I mean, it's still the best connection in in, in football, so that's always going to give the Chiefs the opportunity to win any game, really, isn't it, against anyone? But um, looking at the charges, mate, I mean, obviously I know you're a Chiefs fan, so you always want to beat your rivals, but what a disappointment the charges are. Two, two and, and four, four, mate. Two and four. It's almost, you've you got to rattle off, what, eight games in a row? To, to even think about making the playoffs because they're going to drop a couple of stupid games for a start because it's the Chargers and they, they just don't look good at all. It's, uh, it was quite interesting in the first half. Obviously, they were matching touchdown for touchdown, wasn't they? But um, kind of like the previous years had been when it's always a field goal game, kind of like what you mentioned last week. But then after that, Chief defence shut it down in the second half and... Chargers just didn't really move the ball at all, did they? Second half, you know. I mean, the run game, it was just one big run from Kelly, wasn't it? To be honest, the the, the run game, apart from that, was terrible. And Eckler is, still doesn't look right, even though he's come back from his injury. But, yeah, yeah, what a disappointment the Chargers are. Yeah, yeah, they are. He'll be a good shout for first coach fired as well, you know. <laughs> Because uh, who they've got in the building there that could potentially take over. But yeah, you're right. Justin Herbert doesn't look quite right either. Um, but you can't, yeah, a lot of time he doesn't get the blame. And I do think the last two weeks he does need to get the blame because, yeah, he wasn't good. But the defence, yeah, the Chiefs just killed them in the first half. It almost felt like if Andy Reid wanted to, which he never does, they could have scored 45-50 in this game, watching the game. But second half, a couple of penalties. Like I said, too many stupid one-yard runs or minus two-yard runs. Um, but yeah, you're right. Chargers have been very, very disappointing. Um, and to another team that's been disappointing then, I think me and you are quite high on this team for the season uh, and they've let us down. Uh, who's your uh, your last bad for the week? Yeah, my last bad for the week, Green Bay Packers, mate. I mean, a storied franchise. They're also sat at two and four. The Jordan Love honeymoon. <laughs> that feels definitely over. <laughs> to be honest with you, but just even just the defense and the, I don't know the whole. It, I mean, yesterday, I mean, me and you both, I don't think can stand AJ Dillon, but I mean, he was all that they had yesterday on on offense. I mean, the rest of it was just absolutely terrible. To be honest, Aaron Jones didn't look right coming coming off his injury, and just just everything about the Packers, mate. Just I know Love is starting his first set of games in the NFL, but he has also been kind of in the league. He's not a rookie, is he? He might be kind of a rookie in the sense where he's starting his first games, but uh, yeah, the Packers going to need to look and think, I'm not sure kind of what we've got on this roster, to be honest, that's going to help us win in the future. And it's not going to be something that anybody within the organisation that's been there a long time has ever had to deal with, to be honest, for the past, like, what, 30 years of Favre and going to Rogers? So it's, 
Yeah, it's not a great time for Green Bay. I'm not really sure where they're going, to be honest. They're absolutely not going to even challenge for the division. So it's no. a terrible loss to any time you lose to this Broncos team this season. It's a terrible, terrible loss. It is a terrible loss. I don't know what it means for the Broncos because they have Chiefs Bills next, by the way, back to back. Yeah, I don't mean absolutely now, does it? For um... so, Yeah, so I think it could still be QB or DC changes, we'll see. Um, but yeah, you're right. From Packers' perspective, yeah, not great. Love didn't play well. That touchdown, you see the touchdown uh, that Reed got with the bat where it hit one player and landed in the other player's arms. I thought that was quite a uh, a fun moment for Sunday um, for the Packers. Did you see that? Yes, I did see that. Yes, that, that was very. Uh, I watched that and thought that's very Broncos that that's happened. And then they they did go and win the game. To be fair, but. When that happened, I did think, oh, that's very Broncos. Um, but yeah, you're right on Jordan Love. I just wanted to mention the offensive line as well. A unit me and you were quite high on, which is one of the reasons why we thought they might be okay and get eight, seven to nine wins. Um, the offensive line was terrible yesterday. And the Broncos' defensive front, as we know from this season, is not great. And uh, I thought, yeah, the offensive line was a disaster. Jordan Love was kind of under pressure. He did pretty well, actually, to avoid some sacks. Um, and, a, and two sacks actually got kind of... Um, taken away because of defensive holding but yeah the offensive line was just all, all over the place and uh, AJ Dillon as well just looks really really slow so yeah not a good place for the Packers uh, and then my last for the bad section is from your division a game featuring two teams from your division um, I've chosen the bad as the Washington Commanders unfortunately uh, which is your mate to be first coach fired mate as well with uh, Ron Rivera but they lose to the Giants 14-7 Tyron Taylor uh, and I just thought this game was an absolute disaster from the commanders, mate. It was. I mean, I can't believe that they only put up seven points, to be honest, on the Giants. So, to be fair, I mean, the Giants kind of bullied, um, bullied the commanders all over. Not, you know, it's great for my little, uh, not bet that we had, but my pick on Ron Rivera. He, he's definitely on the hot seat. But, um, yeah, big game for Tyrod Taylor. As well, and uh, yeah, big big win for Dayball. It was terrible though. Any time that this came on red zone, it just looked absolutely awful. Except for Brian uh, Darren Waller, sorry, it was uh, nice to see him go off nearly 100 yards and a touchdown. And Saquon also kind of bounced here a little bit, didn't he? But uh, terrible from Washington, to be honest. Eagles go there on Sunday after after winning this game. It was too close from. Three weeks ago, when it went to overtime, I want to see a domination this week because they were a bad football team and Sam Howell just needs to start getting sacked. <laughs> He's on pace for way more than um, David Carr now, isn't he? Way more. It's ridiculous. How many times was he sat yesterday? Uh, oh, only the six. Oh, no, sorry. Yeah, six. Uh, there was 10 sacks in total in this game as well, which is hilarious. Um yeah, somehow we said this. This was, this was his main negative. He just he's so slow processing and tries to play like Patrick Mahomes with his legs that he just gets sacked nonstop. And uh, yeah, I think that that wasn't great. And to be fair, their defense did okay. They only gave up fourteen points, but yeah, the offense, the offensive line, and somehow were pretty bad. So yeah, Commanders are three and four. Probably should be two and five. Giants as well. Not much to be said about them. I will mention that I think Tyrod Taylor looks better than Daniel Jones, which I just want to put that out there so it's on in the ether before we talk about the Giants again later in the season, I'm sure. But uh, I thought Tyrod looked better than what Daniel's looked all season, to be honest, mate. Yeah, I I would completely agree with you. I mean, the, the big thing on Tyrod Taylor throughout his career is he couldn't really push the ball down the field. And the, for this offence, the way that it's kind of playing, that seems absolutely fine. I think the Giants are going to need to look within the organisation and think, what do we want to achieve this season as to whether even think about putting Daniel Jones back in. I'm sure that they will, to be honest, when he's um, when he's healthy and ready to go. But uh, sat with the fifth overall pick currently, the New York Giants. Uh, that'll get you Bo Nix, big Bo, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll see. But yeah, it was not a good game either, by the way. The highlights and the red zone cuts for this were not good. But Jane Hyatt had a Jane Hyatt had a pretty cool catch, which was uh, pretty nice to see if you followed him in uh, college football. Uh, and then the famous slash infamous speed round that is one game long. Uh, the Seahawks win twenty to ten against the Arizona Cardinals. Seahawks go to four and two. Cards go to one and six. 
for some reason, we'll talk about it in another pod, but the cards have also activated Kyler Murray of PUP, so he will play at some time in the next three weeks, or be active at least in the next three weeks. Um, yeah, Seahawks win, not a great game. Cardinals still bat- battling way more than people thought. They ran the ball pretty well, um, but Kemp Walker had a good day. Jackson Smith and Jigba had his best day in the NFL with DK Metcalf out. And I think the Seahawks are just going to be a slightly worse version of the Lions, where they will get in the playoffs. They'll beat the teams they should. They will probably win another shootout against a good team. Um, but there'll be some games when, when the offense doesn't click early on, it becomes a bit of a struggle. But yeah, I think the Seahawks will be on for 9-10 for wins, mate. And they win this game uh, and go to 4-2. Yeah, I don't think they're going to be scaring the 49ers at the top of the division. Because obviously they've got two games against each other still to come. But uh... yeah. Yeah, we have spoken about Seahawks' woes in the last few weeks and weren't incredibly imp- impressive uh, last night, but yeah, got out of there with the win, didn't they? And uh, Kyler Murray was throwing on the sideline. I saw that at times. I'm just not sure what's happening there, to be honest. That's an interesting uh, thing to watch, really, because Arizona obviously sat at uh, two overall at the moment in the draft. Yeah, it is interesting. And uh, if he plays a down this season, which he clearly will now, um, his injury guarantees are all guaranteed for next year. So it really puts him in a financial predicament next year. Um, obviously, I had this argument before on the show that he can play uh, play well and that maybe gets more value for the pick. So maybe it costs you more money for one year that you lose next year um, for not having him anymore if you trade him, but you get a better pick. But yeah. Seems very strange, doesn't it? The, that way around thinking. Uh, the new coaches want to look at him before they decide what they're going to do, if they're going to trade or keep the pick. But, um, yeah, interesting that we want to watch. Yeah, absolutely. Not a good team. Uh, And that's it for the Week 7 review. Um, Like I said, there won't be a Week 8 preview, unfortunately, um, but we will tweet out the picks that we make. We're going to make them early as well because of my flight time on Wednesday. So they'll probably be up tomorrow or, or Wednesday night. Um, and we'll just share them on Twitter, me and Patrick will, or, or, or retweet them. Um, so go follow us over there at Go42Pod, two being the number two. Go follow me at underscore Liam Horsley and go follow Patrick at, at MuggsNFL. Um, enjoy your week. Enjoy week eight. Uh, I will be back about four o'clock Sunday, so I still get to be back for some red zone action, which is fun. Uh, so yeah, enjoy everyone. Uh, we'll speak to you soon. Yeah, I'll speak to you soon, everyone.